Today we have uh, Amanda Price here, representative, and you're the House of the Education Committee, or you're the chair of the House right. Education Committee. Yep. And I figured we could just start with how you got into politics and what interested you in it in general. Really elementary school, we had a uh, student council, and that's I first ran for, I think, uh, secretary of student council or something back mm -hmm. in fifth grade, and then in student council in sixth, no, it must have been sixth grade, and then in junior high and then high school and um, so initially but then um, I guess bigger time politics um, I started volunteering for some presidential campaigns and congressional campaigns mm -hmm. um, way back in my early 20s mm -hmm. and then when we moved to West Michigan um, I met a woman who was named Jesse Dahlman mm -hmm. and Jesse when we moved here was chair of the County Board of Commissioners and um, worked for Congressman Fred Upton um, in his Holland office. And then soon after that, she decided to run for state representative, and I ran her state rep campaign. Um, my friend Patty Burkholz decided she was county commissioner, or excuse me, county treasurer, and she decided to run for the House, and I ran her House campaign. And then she ran for the Senate, and I ran her Senate campaign. And where did you grow up? Where are you from? Oh, um, was born in Lansing, uh -huh. um, and my parents moved to Traverse City, where one of my sisters was born, then to Sault Ste. Marie, where another sister oh, was yeah. born, and then to San Jose, California, where another sister was born. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> so we lived there for um, several years, moved back to Michigan when I was um, in fifth grade because my mom had had breast cancer and wanted to be closer to her family. And so what was it like growing up with three sisters? Oh, like, you know, fights over clothes <laughs> <laughs> and um, funny drama scenes. Mm -hmm. and, you know, just, just it was fun. Yeah. But it was uh, kind of my two younger sisters were uh, very funny. Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah. And yeah. what are they, are they in politics? Is this a family uh, no. thing? No, no okay. not at all. My, um, my sister next to me, and I'm the oldest, and my sister next to me is a, um, a physical therapist, oh, excuse me, an occupational therapist. Mm -hmm. And then the sister after that um, passed away about mm -hmm. um, nine years ago. She was an alcoholic and, and died of that disease. And then my youngest sister is a, a waitress and a uh, baker out in California. Oh, how about that? Yeah. yeah. So mm -hmm. not at all. Although my sister Becky, who's next youngest in age, is, lives in Whitefish, Montana, and is, I think, um, closely monitoring the happenings of their city council. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm just kind of curious of what um, the everyday tasks or what you do on an everyday basis or what's in your schedule as the as a representative. Uh, well, no day is ever the same. Uh, but it usually starts out, I'd say, um, you know, on a typical Tuesday, I, drive, I leave my house probably about 6.30 in the morning and drive to Lansing. I'm in a series of meetings till my first committee meeting, which is at um, noon. You're in committee for an hour, then you go to caucus, which mm -hmm. is all the Republicans get together, all the Democrats get together and talk what's going to happen mm -hmm. in session for that week. And then you go into session, um, and session it can last 
two, three, sometimes ten hours, hmm. um, and then you finish that. And if it's and if it's finished like two or three in the afternoon, you go back to more meetings, and mm -hmm. then you have dinner meetings, <laughs> and then uh, a lot of times. Um, I, I stay with my in-laws when I'm in Lansing, so I don't drive back and forth. It's just about, would be about four hours of driving for me every day, and yeah. it's too much. So I stay with my in-laws, and so a lot of times after those dinner meetings, I go back and work till 10 or 11 at mm -hmm. night, and then wow. start the next morning. And yeah. But, you know, on Mondays and Fridays, typically, I have meetings. Um, Chamber of Commerce has breakfast. The home builders have breakfasts. Um, and you're going to those meeting with constituents, having office hours. I have um, three different office hours every month. Mm -hmm. That's where people can come talk to you about concerns, mm -hmm. and and I know that uh, I think some of those happen right here in Spring Lake at, at the, the library. library. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. and those happen on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. Every, I'm trying to think. I think it's the for Spring Lake. I think it's the third Friday at nine. So these other meetings that are happening, those are, I mean, I, I would love a glimpse of what those are like, or who's even calling those. These are all different committees you're on, or they're constituents, you said, and there Not are... Not necessarily. Okay. No, it's, it's typically, um, so to give you an idea, it's not, I chair the education committee, but usually like Tuesday will be a whole series of meetings about education, bills that are coming up, um, bills that we're planning to take up, are, are people ready to have testimony on those pieces of legislation. But the other meetings are lobbyists, for instance, telling me about a particular bill coming up or wanting my feedback on another bill. So it may not even be my committees that I sit on. I sit on five different committees, and mm -hmm. so it might be an energy bill that's coming up or um, a tax policy bill. Any given day, you probably have 10 to 12 different subject matter meetings. Incredible. Um, and you have to, it's, it, I'll keep saying, if, if you weren't ADD before this job, <laughs> this job certainly makes you that way because you, you have to blip in and out of thinking and subjects and with people. And so how do you balance all of that work with pleasure? Oh, I'm <laughs> Uh, it's, it's one of those things where both my husband, my husband started his own business a couple years ago, so we are both in the, you know, 60 to 70 hour a week yeah. job mode. And um, so I think our big pleasure is just being around our grandkids. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so that, you know, that's on the weekends and, um, yeah, once in a while somebody will ask you to a Michigan State basketball game or something, and so <laughs> that's the highlight for me is to go see MSU basketball. Yeah, how many grandkids do you have? I have three and a half. Oh, uh, so another <laughs> one is the half on the way. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So. That's awesome. Excellent. Ranging from what age? Evie's so six, and she's in first grade, and then Braxton's four, and Camden is 18 months. Yeah, great. So. Great. So you mentioned that you uh, chair the education committee. What are some of the um, things that make you excited about chairing that and some of the maybe the drawbacks or the concerns, I guess? If you could just talk about chairing that committee and how, how many people are even on that committee? There's 17 uh, okay. reps on that committee. 
11 Republicans, 6 Democrats. Mm -hmm. um, I have vice chair both on the Republican side and the Democratic side. So it's one of those committees that um, I, people, at least in my experience, don't particularly like to chair education. It is very political and very contentious. Everything we do, it seems like, is um, political. And in the terms of my, since I've been in office, we've done a lot of reforms to education. Mm -hmm. And some of them have been quite controversial. Mm -hmm. um, in the first year, we did uh, tenure reform. Mm -hmm. We've done the emergency manager legislation that affects school districts. Mm -hmm. Um, we did MIPSERS, which is the teacher's retirement system, did a little bit of that reform. That didn't necessarily come through education committee, but we've done a lot of what I would call really heavy lifts around education. Um, and now into my term, we're not doing so much the, the large reforms, but we've put into place the teacher evaluation system, which came out of the t tenure reform. So. Um, Four or five years ago, teachers um, grew in tenure just by how long they'd been in place. I mean, the longer you were here, the more you got paid, the more. Um, and rather than being evaluated on how they're performing, um, so that started this process of um, teachers being evaluated on their performance. And. At the same time, there was some legislation to do with evaluations, but it never passed. And so this year, that piece of legislation finally passed, both the House and the Senate, and was signed into law. That was probably our biggest, um, biggest lift of a piece of legislation this, this far in um, education, mm -hmm. because it has wide-ranging effects on uh, your your livelihood <laughs> mm -hmm. and um, how you're how you're going to be a, an effective teacher. Have you had any um, like amazing moments where you've passed a reform that you really agree with, or just maybe seeing something that you just loved made you love your job? Um, well, anytime I'm in schools, I love my job because mm -hmm. typically I'm reading to kids or seeing what's going on in schools, or when kids come to the Capitol. I'm not kidding. I'm not telling you that um, <laughs> to shine sun, sunshine up your skirt. I do love <laughs> when you when you can see kids, um, and I love going into the classrooms and reading. One of the most amazing, I think, pieces of legislation we've passed is the right to work legislation, which gives people a choice whether or not they want to join a union to have that job. And the reason I think that is because Michigan is a very strong labor state, and I never thought that piece of legislation would pass in Michigan. So mm -hmm. if I have to go back in 20 years from now and think of the highlight, it's not my bill at all. It was mm -hmm. uh, a lot of other folks worked to get that passed, but um, that would come back. No, I think we've done a lot of other really good things, like pass a budget five years in a row that's balanced and early. Um, that hadn't been done for a number of years. So how do you go about making those um, choices when you're looking at a bill? And you, you know, like, well, there are positives to this and there are negatives. You just look at what outweighs 
I mean, how do, how do you work through that challenge, I guess? A lot of times legislation that gets put forth and gets past the committee process and onto the floor, I'd say 90 to 95 percent of it passes 100 100 percent. People are voting. It's a good bill. Mm -hmm. It's good legislation. And so you may see the downside of it, but generally it's it has an upside. Well, like Mr. Tooney said, he's kind of curious on getting a glimpse into just your career and everything. And earlier you'd mentioned Cox's and all the meetings and mm -hmm. everything. Um, and since you've been in this for such, since 2010, if you're allowed to divulge, like not like any specific information, but what is sort of when you're with the Democrats and the Republicans in those caucuses, what is that like? Well, you have a schedule of the bills that will be voted on that week in, in session. Mm -hmm. And um, so the committee chair will, if there's a, a bill coming up from you know, like tax policy, the committee chair will stand up, talk a little bit about it, and if the bill sponsor happens to be a Republican, that person will likely stand up and talk about the bill, say why it's a good bill or um, why you should vote for it. And then, <laughs> then it's kind of throwing it out yeah. there. And, and people will, you know, if they agree with you, you know, they, they really don't say too much. But it's, a, it's, it's a big time for just arguing. Mm -hmm. Holy smoke. Sometimes um, you just pray legislation makes it through caucus uh -huh. because it has to make it through that kind of gauntlet before it will even get to the floor. But I guess is there a way, because um, that's what I feel too watching politics is there's just so much anger. Is there a way to, do you think, or how would you if you ran the whole thing, <laughs> cut through the anger to, I don't know. Well, and, and this is me, so I'm almost 60, so I, I have a different perspective than, than both of you. You're younger. I think um, Congress used to be a body where uh, if you were elected to Congress or to the, the House or the Senate, you spent a lot of time in Washington. You got to know your colleagues quite a bit and quite well. Lots of folks had uh, across the aisle relationships, really strong friendships. Same thing in Lansing. Um, before we had term limits, I think we had a lot stronger friendships and people that you may not disagree with a Democrat, but you are good friends. With term limits and now with Washington uh, representatives coming home mostly on the weekends, you don't have an opportunity to create those relationships. So I think it's, it's um, fomented more anger and less respect for each other. And um, so what I try to do is get to know people pretty well, especially ones on my committee that I chair. What is, in your opinion, the most important part about empathy? Why does the world need it, especially right now with stuff going on, different situations and everything? I think we are, in, in society today, we're much too quick to judge people based on appearance, social media, um, class, income level. And so um, I think having empathy for anybody in any situation, um, what that, what, when I hear the word empathy, I immediately think that I'm looking at life through their lens and not my own. And so um, you begin to understand kids in your school who, 
may come to school kind of sloppily dressed and maybe maybe their parents are alcoholics like my dad was or maybe they're just struggling um, financially or you know maybe the person sitting in the back room not talking hasn't had anything to eat and um, so it it puts a different um, it takes you out of the role of judging somebody and really accepting them thank you so much thank you for so coming much. you're that welcome was awesome. yes welcome. and happy new year yeah. and uh, that's the share chair <laughs> thank you for listening to this episode of the share chair stay tuned next week for a new one also, check us out on Facebook and Twitter for regular updates at The Share Chair. And if you're interested in having a piece of your writing or an experience shared on the podcast, contact Elise McGannon at 203-505 at springlakestudents.org.